Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kel, with me as always is my brother Brennan. Together we make movies with the DBS Films. In today's episode, we are going into what we would change for in, or Horror in the Forest 2.0. I guess Into the Forest 3.0, technically, but... In these episodes, we like to take a look at our now finished movie, Horror in the Forest, essentially review what we would do, because we always mention as filmmakers, taking a look at your project, seeing it on the timeline, seeing it out there, uploading it, getting feedback, getting reviews, that's by far the best thing you can do to improve as a filmmaker. So we're going to basically take this episode to highlight what we would do with a similar style budget. And then our next episode on Thursday this week, we're going to talk about if we basically had an unlimited budget where we would take this concept. As always, be sure to take a look at our movie online. Horror in the Forest means the world to us. Any rental and review really allows us to keep doing what we love doing, which is making movies for our fans with our fans. Also, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online, because if you go ahead and join the Discord community, you have the ability to audition for our movies and be in the process with us as well. So I think the first thing I kind of want to just hop right into is why we do this process and why we think it's so beneficial. Um, You know, a lot of indie filmmakers out there, they typically make one movie, Usually most indie filmmakers, I would say, never end up making a movie um, just because it's such a huge, huge burden and hurdle to get over. Um, You're still a filmmaker if you're making things. So that doesn't mean you have to be a feature filmmaker to be considered a filmmaker. But what we find is it's usually one, maybe two, and then that's pretty much it. And we think that's a huge issue when it comes to developing as a filmmaker, because if you think of any other kind of art or skill or talent, you basically need reps and you don't really get a completed rep until you finish that movie and upload it. So you want to kind of talk about why after we're finished with the movie, we usually, no matter what, look back at it and go, Oh man, this is what we should have done. Yeah. It's just much easier to see your mistakes when you have a finished product. And we highly recommend that you upload something on YouTube or Vimeo or anything, just get it out to the world for two reasons. Number one, other people will view it and you can get feedback from other people, which is just as important as your um, your own crucial feedback. But the second thing is when you have a movie in post, you could always ha- add pickups. You can always change music. You can always cut it different. Um, there's literally unlimited, like unlimited possibilities as far as, you know, making your movie better. And it happens to me all the time. Like, man, this scene's not perfect. Let me work on it. Let me work on it. Let me work on it. And it just gets to the point where I'm like, I have to upload it because we have deadlines. We have other movies, but if I didn't have those other movies in the pipeline, you know, I theoretically can just continue to hit this and edit it and work on it, you know, forever. And I see a lot of indie films get kind of stuck in that, you know, editing forever purgatory, but once it's uploaded, you can't make any changes. It's a finished product. Like it's up and, you know, we did our best on it. Everyone did their best on the project. You kind of have to take a step back and now you give yourself critical feedback. You know, what do we do really well? What do we not do well? And what do we need to improve on? And this is really, I think the growth as a filmmaker comes from this process. If you listen back to us, when we did the devil in the room, the Morgan estate, both of those movies suffered from the same issues and we never really grew because we never finished those movies and uploaded them. 
right now it's pretty much every time we go to shoot we release a movie at the same time we did it with um horror in the forest while we're shooting bigfoot we're gonna do it with cold grave while we're shooting um girl in cabin 14 so we are still one movie behind but i'm getting enough data i'm getting enough feedback i'm learning enough from you know uploading that last movie to not make the same mistakes and to get better as a filmmaker that's definitely the case. And I mean, there still is that lag, as you mentioned, and also say into the forest and the hunt and the suicide house fell victim to the same issues, which again was us not specifying those plot. So before we talk about details, I think a good thing to start is just kind of overall. So I'll let you kick it off overall. What do you think we did really well with this one? And what do you think we could improve? I think the acting on this one is our, our by far our best one. Um, I was really happy with all the actors' performances. I thought they did a great job. And then obviously pacing, you know, we're really trying to get good pacing all the way throughout this movie. And I think that this one really, you know, showcases that pacing. There are some times when it slows down a little bit, but those slowdowns are important. They build the plot. They keep it moving. I mean, I think you could say a lot of things about this movie, but really, I don't think you can say it's boring. I think it captures your attention right away with a strong hook. I think it keeps your attention and everything's, you know, moving forward. And we really spent a lot of time trying to make, you know, the characters go on a journey, you know, consistently moving forward, moving in different locations, kind of trying to solve this mystery all the way through. And I thought we did a great job of that. You know, it did feel like a journey. And I think we did such a good job of it. It kind of left the ending just a little bit flat because you wanted them to really either get some kind of reward or just kind of break through and, you know, have like a really good climax. And I think that feedback that we got is just a testament of how well we took our heroes on a hero's journey. And I think this is the first movie where, we actively had them moving and I felt like I was with them and I felt like they were actually really trying to work to get to, you know, their final end goal. So I definitely agree with those two areas. I think um, the big positives in my opinion are um, the acting and just mainly the character development. I think what was different with this one and something that we've since leaned into a bit more is the pre-production element, working with the actors to kind of get them closer to what they would actually say. Um, you know, it's very interesting in having our DBS spotlight. Shout out to Billy right now, because a lot of times when we talk to the actors about this, they mention how much they enjoyed that process of basically fleshing out the character together. And I think that's where you get the more natural performance. And I think since then, we've kind of continued to do that because, I mean, you know, you look at the characters that we have, they typically are a lot more fleshed out. I'd say specifically the Bigfoot project. I think we did a lot of work on that one as well, too. When it came to areas that were lacking, I would agree as well. I think the, the ending climax just you, you need to we almost need to learn how to shift gears up more. And I think we did it with the Bigfoot project. I'm cold grave. I think we might have potentially suffered a little bit more, but I think it's got a better, juicier hook to it in the sense of like how it kind of all plays out. So I think I'm curious to see again how that will play out. But I really think with the stakes and everything, we finally learned how to shift gears and because of the pacing being so well, we're kind of caught in that same one, I feel like, for the, a, a long time. So I do agree in kind of the the climax, um, you know, specifically after like the ritual scene and everything, you're just kind of so hyped up that you don't either really get to shift down and then shift up. Um, and then I think another thing, again, for me, I just, you know, and I think we're, we've definitely stepped it up over the next two ones is like the special effects and stuff like that. Not that it's bad or anything there, but just it's a horror movie. You got to kind of go over the top 
lean heavier into it. And I think, you know, that's what we're seeing with the next one. So that being said, with this episode, we really want to take the same concept that we already, you know, really have here. Talk about how we'd make it within the same indie level budget. And I think we've already had some dialogues with it, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the big one is we're going to lean into Nelson and that whole character development. And instead of making it a witch, make it more of a missing persons, Casey Morgan story thriller than a there is a witch in the woods found footage movie. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that would be the the way that we take it. Yeah, if I was going to do this one again, um, one of the big issues that we have is just immediately people are like Blair Witch. And immediately they just compare the movie to Blair Witch, which is almost impossible to be. That's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Um, It was an experience. It was crazy. Like, you do not want to be compared to that. And it sucks because we're that's not our competition. Our competition is, you know, under $50,000 um, indie horror movies. And I think this one stands up very well in that area. But for the most part, people just immediately see Blair Witch and they get upset and they give it a one star. So I think you have to kind of have a creative way to kind of get around that. Um, and I think, you know, what you said is correct. I think you know, going from Into the Forest 1 to Into the Forest 2, Horror in the Forest, this movie, we wanted to lean on Nelson. I'd lean on him even more. I'd have him really just come out and hire the documentary crew to tell his side of the story. The In the first half of this movie, maybe the first two-thirds of this movie are just, it's weaving a missing, a missing person's case. You know, the police um, are suspecting him. He says he's innocent. You know, he's going to do all this stuff. And basically just trying to solve where this missing girl went. And then at the end is, you know, when he takes him out there at the spot and kind of keep that similar um, with just a, you know, a better climax, a better ending on there, I think would do it. So I think you can do it, but I would market this as a missing person's case, a mystery movie. And then the twist is that, oh, it's not, you know, what happened to him is he's telling the truth and there is like a paranormal element to it. So it's a paranormal mystery, which I do think will be cooler. Um, I think people will like it and it gives it a different twist than Blair Witch. Um, but it also shows you um, the thing that I was like thinking about the other day was like Into the Forest never got compared to Blair Witch or any of that stuff. We never got any of that feedback. And it just shows you, you know, most indie films just never get the the visibility to actually hit like the mainstream or the larger audience. And then that's when the feedback really comes in. Cause you know, obviously we're, you know, compared with the top 50 movies on Amazon right now. Um, so I thought that was really kind of cool to now, because you're getting more popular, you're getting more eyeballs on there. The reviews shift, the perspective shifts, you're being compared to higher level movies Um, which I thought was interesting. So again, you know, we're going to make the changes necessary to kind of, you know, take our own spin because I like the witches. We film a lot of stuff in the woods. I think it's just, it's got to be a different, it's got to come from a different angle. And I'm going to be curious to see if we ever do this, you know, the difference in reviews from this one to the other movie uh, when we kind of make it more paranormal mystery as opposed to, hey, we're going to go out in the woods and, you know, try and clone Blair Witch, essentially. Yeah, I will say what's really interesting, too, is, is you know, we're part of a, a big found footage uh, group online. A uh, huge shout out to them. Again, that Facebook found footage group is absolutely amazing. Great indie filmmakers out there. Great people. 
and you did not see the Blair Witch comparison coming from them. Like I'm, I'm trying to, you know, of the hundreds of comments we got, most people, you know, they watched the movie and they basically gave their feedback on it. The Blair Witch comments, though, were coming from basically that mass appeal. So I think what happened is people saw Forest Witch found footage has to be Blair Witch. And this is, again, what we talk about when it comes to filmmaking. Unlike any other art, that'd be like, oh, guitar. I've heard guitar before. Like these guys are just, you know, doing this this chord again. So I think it's something that you do end up facing as a filmmaker. And I think the more you do kind of get to the mainstream, the less of a, a wiggle room you're, you're going to get there. Um, I'm curious on the direction that you would take it, because in my head, similar on the same budget, I would take this story and I think I would really spend the first, you know, maybe start off with a clip of Casey and Nelson missing. Uh, I think that's something we talked about is you can kind of establish them right away. Then I would establish a documentary team, um, you know, similar to what we have now, and they would be investigating the case. And I'd have it, you know, it was a big case, big trial. People have thoughts about it. Kind of what we were doing with the Bigfoot project. I, I think that would be something to kind of chime in here. So when you see that, there was a mystery about the hermit. And I think you can get a good interview up there. You can get some scares. And kind of within the first 20 minutes, it's almost like a quest to find Nelson. Then when you find Nelson, you get his side of the story. And then he basically brings them out to the forest. So I think almost just kind of clarifying and solidifying the intro would be that only difference. What are kind of your takes on the intro and kind of the first 20 minutes if you change anything on the same budget we have? Well, it's kind of interesting because we didn't get the feedback yet for horror in the forest but we made these these changes subconsciously in the bigfoot project where the bigfoot isn't really a big part of this movie until probably halfway through the movie basically they're out there trying to find this one guy the jeb mccoy guy and his whole story was hey you know they accused him of killing his wife he didn't kill his wife it was bigfoot and that's kind of like what the direction we'd go with this one and it was just kind of a self-calibrating because we've made a lot of these movies. And, you know, having watched this, I was like, this is just more entertaining to me. It's more of a mystery. We can do more with it. But I really think with this one, you just got to start it off hot with Nelson. He's got to be in this thing all the way through. You know, Jim did such a good job. And that's such a unique character that I think you can carry it. I think the issue would be, and it's still the issue, I think, with this one is like, to get to that halfway mark where things really start to get interesting, where they really start to go out there, you know, what pop scares are you going to use? What kind of tension are you going to create? And I still think it's like something we're really struggling with still is like the first 30 minutes of the movie, you know, we have to have pop scares. We have to keep the audience engaged. You know, how do we do this with, you know, scares and stuff that relate to the movie. And I think, Horror in the forest, yeah, you get a shotgun scare, yeah, you get a light bulb to fall. Um, but I don't think that was enough, and I don't think it was like paranormal enough to keep it going. And the same thing with Cold Grave, there's pop scares and stuff in there, but they're not really related to the story. And I think that's kind of like where if it's related to the story, it doesn't come off as cheap. But if it's not related to the story, that's when people are like, oh, come on, like this is just a cheap pop scare movie. I think we did a better job in the Bigfoot project as far as like the scares are more related to the Bigfoot. Um, but at the same time, I think that this is just, 
something we have to really kind of work on to basically figure out how we either keep the tension, keep the viewer engaged in a horror movie when we're building plot, when we're setting the, you know, the groundwork for these movies. Um, and it's just something we're going to have to figure out because right now, I think Girl in Cabin 14, well, I'm excited to see what the Bigfoot project, the feedback is on that one. And Girl in Cabin 14 is kind of a cheat where I'm just going, you know, full steam ahead immediately. And I'm really trying to over calibrate with Girl in Cabin 14 and just, you have no downbeats, you're thrown into an intro, you're thrown into the situation and you see how long we can hold it. Because that's one way to get around it, I guess, is just throw your characters into the story immediately um but then i think it'd be a problem of how do you lengthen this like if we took the intro then immediately they go to nelson's cabin or his trailer and they're in there with that pop scare because he could do the shotgun pop scare and then immediately they're out there in the woods with the witch is that a better movie than sort of the slower burn that we did before um and it's just like how many things can you do out there in the woods with nelson before the movie kind of gets repetitive but I'm kind of thinking that maybe the solution to this problem is just really throw your characters in this situation and just go. And I think for indie filmmaking, that might be our solution. I think slow burn stuff to pull off a slow burn horror movie, as much as I love slow burn horror, is probably the most difficult thing to do, especially in the indie, indie level. You're really going to rely on your actors a lot. You're going to rely on your scripts and it's just going to be, it's tough to do, man. I, it's, few and far between slow burn horror movies on the indie under 100k budgets it's just not seen very uh very much so i i would actually embrace the slow burn because i'd want to try and t- i'd, I'd want to try and test it and if any of the concepts we have i think this one has the most appeal for a slow burn and what i would embrace and i'd like to try and do is basically the you know it's it's termed as a, a mockumentary in the sense of basically you really style it like a documentary and i would be very curious if you did it in that style and people basically accept in the first 20 minutes i'm not necessarily going to get scared but what is interesting is the story development you know you find out something about nelson and that you know he was an alcoholic you find like a testimony from like his ex-wife who thinks that he was the one that did it. They interview the ex-wife. She's screaming at that. They interview the police. And I think if you can get them to kind of embrace that and you capture their attention, then I think actually having that moment of, of interest. Cause I mean, if you really do look at the Blair Witch, what happens pacing wise? Not too much until the very end. You know, there are some good gems of like, you know, them being lost and whatnot, but if you look at that, that's a classic indie trope now. And I mean, whether it's because it's been done before, so it's no longer hitting and maybe it hit in the moment. But I just think the pure atmosphere that the Blair Witch crafted because of the marketing, if you can capture their attention within the story in that first 20 minutes, then you can hit them with it. That being said, that intro has to hit. You know what I mean? That intro has has to have something to at least be like, OK, wow, I need to keep watching. But I think of all of our concepts this might actually be the one where you could get away with 25 minutes of plot development if the plot is good, if the story's juicy, if there's mystery. And the only reason I point to that is look to all the murder mystery stuff. And I'd be really curious if we lean into the thriller element, if we could get some of those Dateline style, you know, podcast style people to come over and really get attached into this, this story. Because I would really try and, you know, 
make it that realistic element by highlighting the fact that this was a true case. You know, this was a real case that happened. This team went out there. They're trying to figure it out, almost kind of like making a murderer, but something paranormal happened. So what's kind of your opinion of that? And the reason I bring it up for this one is I think of all of our concepts, like I think Cold Grave could, we, we kind of had it a little bit with Cold Grave, but I think, you know, you have, again, a sole person carrying it. But then I also do agree with you with like Girl in Cabin 14 and any indie filmmaker, it's better to not be boring. So I think I am risking a lot in doing this, but I would be very interested. And I think this concept, because of what we've seen with Nelson, would be the one I want to try it out. Yeah, I think the minute you make a mock, it just becomes different. It's like the people who understand, like it'll be very clear on a trailer like it's a mockumentary it's a documentary and i think that just gets different people and there's different expectations like i'm not watching a documentary expecting pop scares um and like i think it'd be at that point you can easily you know s- slow the pace down but even if the slow the pace down i think you still have to have they're not pop scares but they're like beats of like twists and turns um and i do think there's probably a good chance that we'll try and mock out and i think this is our best one um because the story's already done um i have a better ending i think we talked about it a couple episodes ago that i think it's just better um and we have like i thought jim did a great job i'd love to have him back and just do a nice easy mockumentary and just pick up with the last 15 minutes of the movie i think we can do it um we'll probably end up trying it next year just to see um you know what the response is uh, but I think the mock and the 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 mockumentary people and the people who are expecting to watch a horror movie are just completely different. Um, you know, I think we do leverage mocks. I would like to make one. Um, but I think you where I think we would struggle with or at least have to put more brain power just to be the twists and turns of the Nelson story. So it's, it has to be from his perspective, more legal stuff in there. Um, and just add in more twists and turns to really get that mystery going because you know if you can't do a, a shotgun scare in a in a mockumentary but you can do like twists and turns and you know maybe they never found any evidence of you know something or you know the, you can interview other parents and stuff who also saw the uh the witch out there so there's ways to do it. And I don't think we're done with that story. I really like this story. Um, I think once again, it just needs to come from a different angle and we'll be in good shape. So I will say, you know, from there, I think the story is pretty solid, honestly. Like again, improve the ritual, improve some of those little details there. But I think the only last thing I would change to this budget level, besides again, increasing that pacing level and potentially making it mock would be the final reveal of the witch. And this is something I've mentioned a lot of times. I think one of our biggest limitations is our production value and special effects. We are improving. They are getting much, much better each movie that we're making. But here's the thing. Special effects are super difficult. Special effects budgets are super hard. All of those things. But to me, I think the one thing this movie was missing is that ending WTF moment. I look at paranormal activities when they finally did like the yank all the way down the hallway. I look at the, um, the possession of Deborah Morgan or Morgan, or is like Deborah or something, whatever that, that found footage one was where she unhinges her jaw and eats the person. Um, host had one where basically they floated over the pool and then their neck snapped and then they fell into the water. I just think we need one really good spooky looking witch and something crazy maybe instead of the pepperoni eyes dylan's eyes just burst and explode on camera like again 
it would be a very hard thing to do. It is a very limiting element. And the nice thing with this is as we scale up and as we develop, we'll get better at it. But I just think that is what it's missing. It's missing one really big special effect. And I do believe we're getting better at this, specifically Bigfoot. Like we really brought the, I mean, we brought it in a lot of the scares, but I think you're going to be more than satisfied going into the end of it. But even Bigfoot, I think you can improve that as well too. And it's going to be part of our journey, you know, of what we're doing. But I just think you need that one final exclamation mark of spookiness and really lean into it. Um, and I think that's the nice thing with found footage is you only kind of really need one, you know, you don't really need to show too much. You just kind of need that one, but I think you need to bring it with that one. And I think the movies that are some of the higher recommended found footage ones, you take a look at that ending. There usually is one or two really good effects. And I'd wager it's probably like 60 to 70% of the budget was in those last shoots in those scenes. Yeah. I wouldn't change the witch. Cause I do like it kind of like, hit in a little bit where you use your imagination. I think the dark shadow thing's fine. Um, but I do agree with you. I think we should have kept all three characters alive for a little bit longer and really like messed them up. Like the Bigfoot stuff where they're like filleted is really cool. They're missing arms. The eyes are falling out. Um, would be really cool. I think like we have to kind of figure out like, with the witch like maybe some kind of torture lore in there of like people found like just with their skin melted off or something and just do something really gnarly um because we have like the cool body suits where it's just like the person's filleted um you know it'd be really cool but yeah i mean i agree i think there needs to be i would keep the climax like it is with the ritual but when the witch comes there i think they really you know they really kind of uh, take off and I think that you know that's what's missing and, you know you could people like floating things so I'd, I'd make the witch float I think that's probably the visual effects that we could probably pull off um, we just need to kind of figure it out so I mean there's like ways to do it but I mean once again if you're doing a mock um, you could spend the first hour of the movie in a nice house shooting easy stuff and then just spend the entire budget on that last 15 minutes um, I think you get a good movie because I do like this story. I really do. I think it's really cool. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, you know, it's just, it. we're just up against the Blair Witch, man. And that's such a phenomenal movie. It was such a force of nature that it's not even fair for us to be, you know, in the same realm of that thing. I'd rather be up against Top Gun and these other ones that we've competed against because the Blair Witch, man, like that's a top 10 horror movie for a lot of people and you're just not going to move that thing. Um, so I think coming at it from a different angle is going to be smart. I think we can get a better story on there. Um, I think it's going to really challenge us to write something where we're not relying on pop scares. I think I'm excited for that challenge. I think it'll be really cool to, you know, have story beats and twists and turns and really, you know, be able to focus with the actors because there's no real crazy setups. It's just, you know, documentary style. No, you're not going to stop me with the pop scares. We're going to do an interview. C-Stan's going to fall down. It's going to smash at the glass. We're still going to get you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, again, we have something there. It's really cool. And what I'm really looking forward to is at some point in time, I think we're going to like look at this idea and be like, this is it. You know, this is the final version. We don't have the limitations when it comes to the budget and something like that. We can finally polish the idea and hang it up on the shelf. And, you know, it's taught us so many things. We've learned so much from Into the Forest. We've learned so much from horse or Horror in the Forest. 
not just again on the big structure of things, but just the little tactical thing, how much we've improved as a production company. Um, just in, you know, the, the past few features is amazing. So again, we always recommend it. Always want to give you guys a little insight here. Next episode is going to be a little bit fun because we are going to open ourselves up to an unlimited budget. And I'm curious to see where Brendan's mind rolls there. Unlimited budget for Brendan is probably like you know five grand extra in the sense of it. But uh, I think it's going to be something really cool to do. So be sure to stick around for that one. As always, take a look at Horror in the Forest. It is online. You can rent and review it. That means the world to us. On top of that, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we have movies for our fans with our fans. If you ever want to be in a movie, if you ever want to be on set with us, all you got to do, join the Discord. Until then, have a good one, my friends.